0: Welcome to the New Vision Podcast. New Vision, New Vision, covering the whole world. Hello, thank you for listening to the New Vision Podcast. This is the last episode of the Dubai Undercover Podcast series. And thank you for following from the very beginning of the first episode. If you missed any, please visit www.newvision.co.ug. Hope this podcast series speaks to you as a person, to the government, or any stakeholder in the labour externalisation business in Uganda. This is our last episode. My hope of return finally came after I played sick and threatened to commit suicide. Of course, I was not going to kill myself, but I wanted to leave suggesting evidence that I had deteriorated to that level. So I hung a lesso on the rafter protruding in the corner, but the girls did not see it. Nevertheless, Sarah called me again to her living room before I could fulfill my threats and gave me two conditions, either get better and return to work, or I refund her money, which she had invested in me. I asked her for my phone to call my people, and that is how I re-established contact with New Vision. In just two minutes, I download my litany of challenges to my editors demanding an immediate evacuation. I use our local language to keep my mission secret. Unfortunately, the editor could not promise anything. He says he is going to consult and get back to me. It is understandable because no one can sign off more than 5 million shillings for Sarah and my ticket without consultation. Sarah still refuses to surrender my phone, saying other girls will use it too. She promises to keep it on for two days to see if my parents respond about giving her back her money so I can return to Uganda. On Monday, February 17th, when Sarah calls me to check my phone, I find a response from New Vision. I also find a ticket to return me home to Uganda. New Vision was asking for Sarah's bank details to deposit her money so as to buy my freedom. I am so happy. I immediately get better. I forget that I came supporting my stomach and dance wildly, almost knocking down Sarah's decoration. But I don't care. Sarah warns that she cannot release me until her money gets credited on her account. The girls had never seen me that bright. I didn't tell them, but they suspected that I was returning home to Uganda. I couldn't believe the jealousy on their faces. On Tuesday, Sarah confirmed receipt of her money and I planned to leave the following day, on Wednesday. The girls returned and found me packing. They were now 15 in number, returnees and newcomers. They cried and some actually wailed. They asked me to tell my parents in Uganda to also bail them out. They wrote letters and asked me to pray for them. Sarah comes in to announce that I refunded her money and if they too want to return to Uganda... They can pay her 4 million shillings and buy themselves an air ticket. I leave Sarah's prison on the afternoon of Wednesday, February 19th. Sarah hands me my passport and phone. Tears roll down my face. What a relief. That is when I am sure that I am actually being liberated from slavery. I had never valued a passport more than I did then. The driver, who must have been Ethiopian, took me to the airport, guided me through got me a boarding pass, and kept around to see me through the immigration desk. I still have two weeks on my visa. I swagger through the airport of Dubai as a bossy queen. I had no money, but felt so fulfilled by my freedom. It is only after losing freedom for a while that you appreciate that being free is much more important than money. I meet many girls returning from Oman who are all happy. The few I interact with say they did not complete their contracts. Others were not even paid, but it did not matter. They were going home. My flight is at 6.30 p.m. with Emirates, and I enjoy to the maximum. I had conquered forces of modern slavery. I could not wait to expose them. I had done a project of my life and pulled through without losing my life. My captivity was for about three weeks, but it had a profound impact on me. I still fear that I am dreaming and will soon wake up to find myself in Sarah's prison. I still feel I belong to someone whose will I must do. I still fear to express myself for fear of repercussions. Yes, I am stressed. I need medical checkup. We land at Entebbe Airport at 11.30 p.m. I kneel down in tears and thank God. I pray that someone out there reading this story learns from my experience. I pray this story stops someone even if it is just one person, from repeating the mistakes our girls make in the name of chasing money. I know my suffering will not be in vain. All forced labour or sexual exploitation must be condemned as human trafficking. It is fueled by such factors as poverty, unemployment, economic imbalances and corruption. Other factors are border control issues, gender and ethnic discrimination and other vulnerability points that lead to the rise and decline in trafficking. My expose may not cause sudden rapturous change because I am not the first. Several complaints have been raised about the Middle East before. But any stone thrown in the name of awareness is a good effort. We need to see more from our governments. We need more than agreements and recruitment companies. Uganda signed a bilateral agreement on legal externalization of labor with Jordan in 2015 and the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia in 2017. But Ugandans in these countries are complaining about poor pay and sexual abuse and others have lost their lives. But no action has been taken. The culprits go scot-free. No one gets scared of repeating the crimes and Ugandans eventually fear to complain. According to the Anti-Human Trafficking Act, a trafficker should get 15 years imprisonment and someone guilty of aggravated trafficking, life imprisonment. Child trafficking attracts a death sentence. Let us begin from home. My story is confirmation of the 2018 report by the Coordination Office for the Prevention of Trafficking in Persons Prepared at the Ministry of Internal Affairs. The report found that officers at border points Entebbe International Airport and ground handling companies at the airport are involved in trafficking crimes. The report says 270 trafficking cases were registered in the period under review. It even indicates places in Kampala where the crime is being perpetuated. Ham Towers, Zainab Plaza, Equatorial Mall, Nkrumah Road, Kalunji Plaza, Cooper Complex, Nasa Road, Nakasero Market, and Kaledwe, all within the city. But no action has been taken. It may not be your daughter, but it is a fellow human being. Be civil. Be human. Stop trafficking our innocent girls. I am back home, but I am not well. The torture I endured was unbearable and affected me psychologically and physically. I get flashes of scenes of being sold like a cow in a market. I recall sitting in the market, waiting for someone to pay for me. I was brutalized and dehumanized. Thankfully for me, it was a mission to expose trafficking and harrowing life Ugandans endure working in foreign countries, especially in the Arab world. I pity the hundreds whose mission is to find work and make a living. I sign off, now planning for another undercover story. Keep listening to the New Vision Podcast.